One thing that many of us at one time or another have had a tendency to do, and that is to take a single scripture verse and to isolate it and to um, draw conclusions from it. This is probably the most isolated verse in all of the Bible that is used by itself and misunderstood. Call no one your father. That is one where people um, get very upset saying a priest is Father John or Father Mark because we are not supposed to call anybody our father. But actually, you have to read as the whole Bible in the context. Why would Jesus be talking about honor and praise and not to be seeking it? And then just throw in, oh, by the way, call no priest father. There, it would make no sense. We have to look at it in the context. And the context of why Jesus said this makes, makes a lot of sense. Um, how do we know this? All right, basically Jesus is, is saying to us here, it's easy to see or to say, if you will, how things should be done, but it's much harder to do those, to live those, um, especially a Christian life. It's much easier to say that we should live a Christian life than actually living a Christian life. Um, Jesus says here to respect the scribes and the Pharisees, not because of their conduct, but because they sit in Moses' seat. He uses the term, the chair of Moses, the seat on the chair of Moses. So basically he's saying that they should be respected because of the office that they hold of authority and that they are ordained by God, not because what they do. Now, this is interesting because what he's basically saying is basically that these scribes and Pharisees, um, they, and we have to understand this, they have taught you the principles of God, so you must obey them. Obey what they say. Moses had a chair. That's the same tradition of our papacy, of the chair. It becomes very difficult when we disagree. Um, but that chair is protected, uh, is what God is telling us. Surprisingly, though, he goes on to say that we should listen to them. And the truth does not depend on whether or not they live it. That's really interesting, isn't it? That you are, you are to listen to the truth, even if this person in the office is not living it. That sounds really contrary to anything that we would think or expect. But then again, Jesus is this way throughout the Bible. The interesting thing here is basically we have lost respect for our office, the office of the president, the office of the priesthood, because many have failed. That's in one sense and the human level understandable. Um, there's a loss of respect because there's been many have failed in their office duties. But Jesus is saying, don't do as they do. Don't fail like they did. But you need to still listen to what the truth is that comes with the office, especially the office of the priesthood. 
If a priest is teaching faithfully the teachings of the gospel and the teaching of the magisterium, um, regardless if you like that priest or his personality, um, you, you listen, Jesus says. You could say the same thing in, in any office. This is the lesson, I think. Um, surprising um, on that way, but Jesus has never been surprising. Jesus says, don't judge the priest. He told St. Faustina in the confessional, he's just a tool of mine. I'll deal with the priest. You don't have to worry about dealing with the priest. That's scary. Um, the priest is going to have to own up not only to God and God will deal with that priest, but the attacks of the people too. And so Jesus is saying, uh-uh, you, 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 you don't worry about the priest. I'll take care of him. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't worry. We believe that. Um, Judas is a good example. You've heard me say before that we don't leave Jesus because of Judas. Judas did something bad, but we didn't abandon the truth. The worst thing that we could do is abandon our faith because a priest did something wrong. Judas did something wrong. The disciples did not abandon the way. They stuck to it even more closely. So the Pharisees here were greedy for honor and recognition. Um, Jesus said to them, to the people, though, listen to them, even if they're doing this. Don't practice what they do, but listen to what they preach. Um, interesting. So this gets to the question of call no man your father. We have to understand the context that we just talked about. So do these people deserve the title father? Okay, here's what Jesus is saying. He's not saying don't call anyone father. Well, how do you know that? Well, look at the Bible. The fourth commandment calls somebody other than God father. Um, the man who sired you is your father, even if he neglected his duties to you growing up. The rich man called out, Father Abraham, come dip your finger. Have him come dip his finger in cool water. St. Paul calls religious leaders fathers in Acts 7, verse 2, and 22, verse 1. In 1 Corinthians 4, 15, he says, I became your father. Now, he's not talking just biological here. He's talking spiritual. A priest is a spiritual father with many children, given to him even if he fails. Your father... You were given to him as a child, even if he failed. That doesn't make him not your father, even though you may not feel like it. Even if he failed. So what Jesus is saying basically is like John 8, 56. Jesus is saying your father, Abraham. Jesus used the term father. So if we are to isolate, call no man your father, it means you're never allowed to mention the word. Jesus violated his own command. Because in John 8, 56, he says, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. What does he mean by this? Well, if you read the church fathers, 
Jesus means here that there's only one creator, one true Abba, one true capital F Father. As the fourth commandment says, Jesus did not mean to never call anyone Father. That would make no sense. Paul did it. Jesus did it. The fourth commandment says it. Jesus meant, though, that we are no longer under the covenant of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They are no longer your Abba. God the Father is. We are now under the covenant of the one and only Abba, Father. That's what Jesus means. Call nobody else your creator. Saying, good morning, Father John, is not saying, Father John, you are my creator. You are the ultimate giver of life to me. That's not what saying good morning, Father John, means, or Father Mike, or whoever, Father Jim, whatever. Even Protestants use the term reverend, which means one worthy of reverence. So to finish, why does Jesus say this then? He uses hyperbole to warn us that we should not be prideful in desiring titles of honor. That's why he says this. Do not desire this. Do not seek out the honor of the title. He forbids seeking, as he says, high places and positions of honor. Father Kaz has always said this. I had a conversation with him once where I was talking to him about all the work that's required of him as a provincial. And I said, well, Father, I said, uh, I said um, you know, you're going to want to, this was back, he can't serve another term now because he's served his maximum term. And I said, did you want to serve the second term? It seems a lot of heartache. And he said, no, he says, you, you never seek a position. You never seek an honor. You never seek a title. Then it's not of God. So anybody who seeks to be your Abba, Father, your creator, your ultimate, and we're seeing that in governments around the world right now. We saw it, and that's the problem. I get letter after letter how good communism is. Does anybody understand that in communism, you're making the state your Abba, your father? The problem with communism is the state becomes your God. That is what Jesus is warning us against here. And so basically, he forbids seeking this kind of honor. Now, what is a phylactery? It says here, they wear their phylacteries. These were little leather boxes that the Pharisees and scribes would put in scripture passages. And they would band them to their arm or even wear them on their head. Like, uh, you know, so it was visible. What they tried to show was that they were carrying their Bible quotes with them. And it was a sign of honor. It was a sign of dignity. Now, they would wear big ones, broad ones, to draw attention to themselves. But the message is Christians are not supposed to draw attention to ourselves. Um, it's, they did it so that the man would see that they were holy and doing good deeds. But a Christian is to call attention to God and not himself. That is why pride is the king's sin. A lot of people misunderstand pride thinking, well, I'm proud of my son. He made the wrestling team. 
That's not the pride we're talking about. The pride we're talking about is everything's focused on oneself. Um, pride in, in terms of joy is not the sin. Pride in terms of self-focus is what Jesus warns against. This is why pride is the number one sin. Every sin comes from it. The church teaches contraception. Why is, why is that such a grave sin? Because it's all about my pleasure, not giving to the other. Um, why is greed? Because greed is what's more for me. I don't want to give to anyone else. Lust. I want to be pleased. I don't care about giving. Envy. I don't care about your reputation. I want to be honored. Every one of those is based in pride. And so pride is not taking joy in your work. Pride is not taking joy in your accomplishments if they're done for the glory of God. There's a difference being joyful in the fact that you bring a soul to Christ than being prideful in the fact that it all revolves around me and I am God. This is the problem. And so true humility frees one from a preoccupation with oneself. That is what true humility is, seeing yourself as God sees you. And you know, that will be the illumination of conscience. A lot of people now are talking about the illumination of conscience. It is something that will come, according to the prophets, soon that a third of humanity will be shocked, even near death or death, because God will reveal and show us how he sees us. And so in our pride, when we think, well, I have no sin, uh, I haven't killed anybody, I don't need to go to church, I'm a good person, I don't need the sacraments, the church is just a bunch of unimportant things, that will be suddenly shown to us how wrong that is. And in the illumination of conscience, the whole world will change in an instant according to the prophets. It makes sense because in an instant, I, I personally, I think the world is so far gone that it will take an act of divine intervention to change it. And that's what the illumination of conscience is told to us will be. Sinners will then see their need for mercy. This is what God has wanted all along. So true humility, it frees us, as I said, to be and see us as God sees us. It's not meant to make us fall into despair or to be prideful. True humility is not feeling bad about yourself, low opinion, thinking yourself inferior. As you've heard me say, humility is not thinking less of yourself. Humility is thinking of yourself less. That's the message. A low self-opinion, that actually focuses attentions on yourself. It's ironic, isn't it? But gee, I'm no good. I can't accomplish anything. You need to help me because I can't do anything. That, that's not humility. That's a focus, a self-attention. Um, a truly humble person regards oneself neither smaller than they are or bigger than they are. 
um, but rather as they truly are. That's how God sees us. Um, it's being little in one sense, knowing that we are nothing without God, they'd say Therese. You know, um, one of the saints used to say, be so little that the devil can't see you. Um, be so little that the devil can't see you. And I think that's the key to the Philippines and Poland. The Philippines and Poland have been so little. And I think that that has been why God favors those peoples. Not that he disfavors anyone else, but that he gives special graces because they have focused on serving him. And I finish with that phrase, and I don't remember the saint that said, but there was a saint I read somewhere that said, there are many souls in heaven that have committed many sins. There are souls in heaven that have stolen, lied, cheated, looked at pornography. There are many souls in heaven that have sinned. But there's not one soul in heaven with the vice of pride. Likewise, he said, there are many souls in hell that did many virtue, many virtuous things. There are souls in hell that have donated to soup kitchens. There are souls in hell that have helped and sat in the pew in the church. There are souls in hell that have done good things. But there's not one soul in hell with the virtue of humility. And so that always struck me um, as being uh, a wake-up that, remember the very definition of sin is taking our eyes off the creator and putting it onto the creature or the created thing, taking our eyes off of God and putting it and focusing it on someone or something else. The one thing I think that needs to be added to that is not only is the sin taking your eye off the creator and putting it on the creator or the created thing, but most of all, on ourselves. And that's what the violation of the first commandment is. It's not worshiping Allah or Buddha necessarily, although it can be. It's mainly putting ourselves on the throne. And when we do that, God has said, we will have to, we will have to humble ourselves Call no man your father means that only God deserves that focus. No other human, no other being, only God is our creator. Don't take your eye off the creator for the creator or for the creature or the created thing. Nobody or nothing else, only God. So this verse is probably the most misunderstood in the whole Bible. So fear not when you say, good morning, Father Jim because that's not what we mean here. What we mean is who God is and who we are. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking, 
and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.